everyone, and welcome to Hype A, a podcast amplifying voices in the arts around the world, making the arts accessible for all people. We will be hearing guests from the film, art, music industries, and more, sharing their stories, failures, and successes. We will be listening in on their new endeavors, projects, and take notes on their tips and tricks, how they broke into the industry, hear their words of wisdom. But before we begin, let me introduce myself. I am Cristal Fischetti. I'm an artist with Italian and South American heritage. I speak various languages, travel often, and I'm a mystic. I offer guidance through healing services using cartomancy, otherwise known as card divination, remote shamanic healing, which is a form of Reiki. And I also lead art therapy classes under the umbrella of abstract medicine. I'm mainly known for my art, however. My work is abstract, colorful, visually loud, as one critic mentioned. There are mainly paintings on a frame or off the frame, painterly, sculptural installations, sometimes murals, and paintings you can hang on a wall. My works can be seen and experienced globally, from Grove Square Galleries in London to the UAHU Museum in Shanghai. I've lived in Los Angeles, and now I'm currently based in London town. Over the years, I've met some amazing people who have really enriched my life and my art practice, and I'm so grateful to have met them around the world. I hope to share with you my personal experiences, but mainly support you by introducing you to inspirational leaders in their creative field. If you're looking to fulfill a dream in the arts, need that extra motivation, or simply be inspired, you've come to the right place. So get access, get tuned in and turned on every Thursday. Welcome to Hype A. For my first guest, I have an incredible human being. Her name is Juliana and I met her on the art residency where I'm at right now in Spain. So she's the one who gave me the push to go ahead and do the thing, which is this podcast. This podcast has been a dream of mine uh, for the last two years. And finally, I'm going ahead and doing it. Between you and me, I'm a little bit nervous, but let's just have a lovely introduction with Juliana. Hi, Juliana, how are you doing? Hola, que tal? I'm really good. And it's wonderful to be here, Crystal. Thank you so much for the invitation, I'm honored. My pleasure. So um, your, basically your practice is a multitude of practices. Your introduction here on your bio, if you don't mind me reading in front of everyone in the audience and the listeners here, Juliana Espana Keller, PhD, is a sound and electronics artist, educator and researcher who takes the lead in producing multi-trans interdisciplinary works to a listening public, addressing all bodies as forms of noise and disruption in the way in which language and communication is made noisy. Her public kitchen works have been exhibited in site-specific places all around the world, contributing to histories of sound performance, art, with an objective lens on participatory practices in feminist, materialist, and post-human theory, using the space of the domestic kitchen as the focus. So, so far, that's that's already a mouthful, but we're going to get into it on this podcast. We're going to go 
deep dive in on, on what Juliana has to say all about this. Um, so Juliana, would you like to share with the listeners your background and how it really kind of came about everything really from the art residency to sound performance, the whole, the whole jazz? Okay, um, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been quite an evolution uh, as a practicing artist, uh, and then uh, also uh, coming from a very multicultural background, uh, myself being born in England, and then uh, obviously um, educated in Canada, where I lived for 25 years. Um, I've also lived uh, many years in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also um, half Spanish uh, and grew up in New York. Uh, during my formative years, very much influenced um, by punk music and um, by uh, feminist performance and, uh, and also uh, heavily influenced by the tattoo community that started in New York and Brooklyn many, many, many years ago. During the 1980s, my, my brother is also a famous tattoo artist uh, so cool. uh, who's, who, started, <laughs> who started basically his own practice um, uh, and opened his first shop in, in Brooklyn, Williamsburg many moons ago. So um, I've had uh, over the years, I guess my cultural background has very much influenced my perspective on arts and, and research creation. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, you know, I'm Canadian, I'm Swiss, uh, married to a Swiss uh, who I met in New York. Um, and now I'm living in, in Spain and um, I am a sound and performance and electronic artist, but I am also um, a woman of worlds as I try to frame myself in this evolution and journey that I'm on. So I guess you would call me now a local farmer. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes. and I'm also a sourdough baker and I'm living and working um, and teaching actually remotely on a small parcel of land in rural Al Haurin El Grande, which is a small pueblo in the province of Malaga in Andalusia, Spain. Let's let's just play the listeners a little bit of your sonic electric, shall we? So that they can have an idea of what you what you do. super meditative sounds over there that we've been hearing which is just god really put me in the zone for a second <laughs> tell us about that before we get into you know your dedication to mother mother earth and nature and this incredible art residency 
Um, good question. Um, well, you know, this was an earlier piece that um, uh, I uh, composed with actually two other artists. Um, when I first uh, uh, started uh, the project, our experiment, Sonic Experiment, that I call Sonic Electric, which is still ongoing mm -hmm. and is growing over the years. Um, it is a participatory project, so I work with many artists or um, people who are actually interested in learning about sound. So I just want to say that uh, to give credit to the people who or have always been um, part of this collaborative sound space or sonic space. Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question in more detail, I would say that um, I think nowadays, you know, we are very much connected to technology. We are all technologically mediated. And I'm always thinking about how we use our bodies in becoming with and listening with um, the world around us and to our own sort of personal space. And so listening to our bodies um, is a way of kind of thinking our, uh, as if our bodies are transducers. So as mm -hmm. microphones, like they're picking up or we're vibrating bodies, we're receiving sound, sound patterns and signal flows and um, we use our body as tools and we're stimulating our imagination and our mind-body relationship uh, to what we are listening to. And, uh, and especially, you know, I'm where I am here in Spain, it's very much connected to nature. But um, even in an urban landscape, there is agency in that and we cannot avoid it. And we cannot mm -hmm. um, block out what we are bombarded with in our interactivity uh, and, and in terms of our environment, whether that is urban or social or the political relation. So for me, um, you know, materialities or sonic matter is not neutral and yeah. um, it's a very powerful force. So I guess that's, that's amazing. how I would describe that. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing because, um, you know, there's a topic of surrounding this um discussion that we had the other night when we we're having some gin <laughs> um on on interactivity <laughs> quantum fields of energy yes, yeah we a... went in the zone man we went in the totally, zone totally. Uh, <laughs> talking about quantum matter and quantum theory and you really brought out some incredible points there as well i wondered if you could maybe share a little bit more or explore more the idea of interactivity and where this inspiration came from. I think it was from your um, supervisor when you were doing your PhD, I think, or was it Martha? Well, this, I've Martha. been, I've had a, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I did, did my PhD um, in, in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously it was such an, uh, a really, uh, I, I don't want to use the word painful, but um, it was a really interesting experience for me, for me uh, because I, you know, being a practice-led artist, um, my practice always came first and I, um, I had to open myself up to a, not only a writing practice, but also um, I, it became quite an intensive way of sort of relearning. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 re and opening up my practice to other um, thinkers or ways of, of understanding uh, what I was doing um, and unpacking that somehow uh, and yeah. then putting it back together into a writing space. And uh, I attended the uh, University of Melbourne in uh, Melbourne, Australia. I left Montreal in 2015 uh, to embark on this journey on a, on a scholarship. 
and uh, I absolutely fell in love with Australia. Um, it was uh, it was such an amazing experience to be living and working in Melbourne at the time. I also mm -hmm. met some incredible artists, but at the same time, I was introduced to uh, some incredible thinkers and and also feminist philosophers um, that uh, really opened my eyes up to. Um, the language that I am using that didn't really come from me. It's it, these are some of the key words that I use in my writing practice and some of the concepts that um, I think about in the doing of what I do in my practice uh, yeah. come from um, from very, very interesting um, and, and academic scholars such as uh, Rosie Bredotti um, and also Karen Barad and uh, Donna Haraway. And uh, these, these three um, thinkers for me have um, really influenced the way that I, of course, Karen Barad, um, to answer again your question about quantum thinking, um, Karen Barad wrote a really important uh, book. Um, and this was about her relationship as a quantum physicist and her thinking um, in terms of queering space uh, and the idea of uh, what uh, our space-time mattering uh, means and the intensities and forces uh, around us that are never neutral that I was talking about before in terms of agental relations. All of these kind of keywords um, come from Karen Barad's book called Meeting the Universe Halfway. Um, when I first picked up that book and I started reading it, I thought it was very dense. And um, as I come myself uh, from, you know, a, a place of, of, I would say, socially, you know, I, I was like, in terms of social class, you know, I came from the city. I always thought philosophy was like, you know, something like very elitist, but um, actually it opened my eyes to really think about how I am connected to the universe um, and what really matters. Um, mm -hmm. And I really mean that when I talk about matter because it is a material practice that we have. And it, I started questioning obviously um, the way that I was working and how I was working and what I was doing and how my nomadic background too had been so formative in totally. my life. You've been, yeah, traveling all over the place hopping about here and there, living in places, integrating, speaking multiple languages, a bit like me. <laughs> I think that's where we get yeah, on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We've yeah. had similar journeys. So all these yeah. nomadic en encounters, mm -hmm. you know, um, are, are also, you know, um, we're not the only ones. It's like, you know, um, Rosie Bredotti, for example, she, she talks about all of this kind of entanglements, you know, or nomadic yes. encounters that we have. Yes. And um, this began to make me think about um, what I was, what I was doing actually with the public kitchens that I was um, performing, mm -hmm. and and also how those were going to create some kind of you know connection um, to the spaces, these site-specific spaces, and could contribute basically to feminist materialism and posthumous theory and using the space of the domestic kitchen as the focus. So, yeah. that, so just, you know, let's just describe like, let's describe one of your uh, exhibitions, like one of your projects. How can you describe it to the listener? Like one of your, maybe your 
most favorite project that you did? Was it the one in um, in Melbourne that you liked the most? Or like, what was the most, let's say, the biggest giveaway or takeaway rather that you got from your from one of your projects that you can describe to the listener, please? Okay, well, there isn't really a favorite, to be honest with yeah. you. I think they're all unique um, yeah. because, you know, since they're transnational, you know, um, and I work in so many different uh, locations or, uh, you know, it's, a, it's almost like mapping different places um, and creating an intervention where this connective experience that I create is, I only facilitate it, but it becomes a transversal kind of way of thinking and acting and co-composing together so we mm -hmm. we basically make pu public kitchens where we write and uh, a sonic recipe and i uh i participate with up to eight to ten people who come together to create a public kitchen in the workshop that lasts for about a week and then at the end of the week um there is a final performance um, and in these public kitchens, each time the recipe is different, A, because the kitchen tools that we use to create sound with, which is what I do, I reposition the kitchen tool by exploring mm -hmm. its displacement and functionality, but I use electronic and manual manipulation um, to kind of investigate its sensory behavior. And um, I kind of form a collaborative social space with the participants who bring the actual tools from the kitchen, and then we document the human to the non-human. So using these tools as matter, as material matter, using that idea again, you know, of the vibrating body and the tool mm -hmm. becomes then an extension of the self. So if That's I wanted me. to say which, which one is my favorite, I think every iteration of what I've done in, in terms of these public kitchens has always been um, about the process. Um, it's never been about the outcome. And also um, each, uh, each time I do this, I learn something and it evolves mm -hmm. further. Um, obviously, I've been to countries where culturally there are perhaps some form of censorship in terms of um, engaging with um, women who wish uh, to perform but they um, these there are code, social codes sure. religious codes that prevent them from performing in an artistic space um, and we've had to navigate ways to go around that um, so during the during the process of, of or the methodology that I that I encountered when I was working with uh, a lot of women, for example, coming from marginalized communities or, or people who are feeling uh, oppressed um, in terms of their, um, where they're coming from in a specific community. Um, obviously there's more work to be done and that is the challenge basically in each um, project. And so um, I think when you ask me what's the best, I don't think it's about the best. It's like, what is the most socially engaging and what is the most um, challenging, mm -hmm. right? Um, in terms of how I kind of, uh, yeah, find, find myself in these places and 
um, with such interesting um, and and also I want to call it a more than human journey, you know, mm. because it's something more than when I encounter, um, you know, people in the everyday. Totally. And, you know, there's there's so much to unpack in just what you said. You know, I I actually wanted to say which which project was your most successful, but I, it, I came out with favorite. I don't know why, but I think I think also because I have a, I have personally a bit of a grating feeling when I say successful, you know, but I think in the arts, that's something that is always talked about as like success and what's successful you know, and, and how artists can be successful and how women can be successful and what that looks like, what that means, what that feels like. Um, and I guess the favourite word came out because I guess there is a little bit of favouritism, let's be honest, in the arts, in the art world particularly. And we, you mentioned elitism and, you know, philosophy and, and possibly even this idea of man being elite you know man woman human being being the 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 master over their kingdom which is earth and now we're, we're obviously seeing you know that that's not true we have to work symbiotically with nature and therefore there shouldn't really ideally be any elitism there shouldn't really be any kind of favorite or favoritism but you know no. with that with that word in terms of success you know what are your ideas of that word because it sounds like it sounds like to, to you from what I'm hearing it's kind of something to do with you know what you're learning from it and also the challenges that come along and how you kind of navigate around those challenges or even the socio-political aspect of that particular project that comes out of it yeah well um I think we've had you know, a lot of conversations. And I think it's important to talk about uh, contemporary discourse because I yeah. think um, we're living in a very imbalanced world mm -hmm. um, right now. And for an artist, that's quite, you know, a, again, it's a challenge because um, do you yeah. be, are you going to be part of the system or which, you know, when I say elitist, I'm also speaking from a very neo-capitalist kind of concept of trickle down economy and mm -hmm. how you know most artists uh that are represented mm -hmm. are they being really represented in the right way um right. And, uh, and 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 whether you still want to be part of that system uh, as i said i question a lot of systems and structures because in my experience i found that um trying to ease my way out of the institution um, and trying to think about a new system um, of working um, is important to me now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I guess I'm going to talk about how much Donna Haraway has also influenced my thinking. Please because do. I think always that now my focus is about nomadic storytelling i think it's yours too crystal in some yeah, way i think it might be uh and you know we're living on a small parcel of land now i'm not living in the city anymore there's since um we're living in you know and that's another influence you know post-pandemic times um and for me uh, there is a different connection now it's not so much of wanting to live in the city anymore it's more of me having a connection directly to the vibrant matter of the earth um, and I 
mention um, Donna Haraway and the times that we are living in right now, because I think we have to kind of think about staying with the trouble. We are mm -hmm. in the middle of a climate crisis. We are in the middle of a war here in Europe. And mm -hmm. uh, for me, um, I call home a refuge these days in, you know, post-pandemic times. I believe um, that in terms of our future imaginaries, we have to think more about um, what we can learn from nature. Um, not that we think about human exceptionalism. I'm a very sort of hardcore feminist. I'm actually really, really mad right now um, about yeah. what's going on in the United States mm -hmm. with the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Um, that hurts me um, deeply. I really feel for uh, everyone in the, well, all of the women in the U United States right now. Um, mm -hmm. And however, I think my focus is keeping it local, keeping it focal, not trying to get too, um, I'm not going to, how can I say, I'm not going to be able to cure anything. Um, I'm not a big savior of, I'm not saving anybody, but I am cohabiting with all the non-humans that are living on this land that can, includes all the critters and creatures. Um, and from a scientific perspective, I think um, I have a lot to learn um, from this land and, and also from the, the social relations, the traditions, the food histories and the potential of working with others. And I believe that care, empathy, and I especially healing need to come back big time and be mm -hmm. part of the new system um, because climate change for me is, is the most, the biggest, uh, I think, thing on the agenda that we need to address. I know there's a lot of things going on on the planet right now, but um, I think climate change is, as I said, something that uh, has agency. I'll use the word agency again, mm -hmm. in that we don't have much time left and we need to do something now. Mm -hmm. Rosie Bredotti has said that so many times, um, you know, we are all in this together mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. And um, it is in the doing that we will be able to connect directly to the matter, uh, the vibrant matter of the earth. And again, staying with the trouble as Donna Haraway is the, is the most positive way to think of how we move forward, so. Maybe a bit mouthful totally. there, but. No, but it's, it's so true and I, I, that's why you're here. <laughs> that's why you're here on Hype A, you know, sharing your leadership because this is leadership, let's be honest. You know, you're, you're, taking your steps you're taking it day by day it's a process of becoming which is something that you've been you know teaching me through your leadership is the process of becoming and not just an arrival the point of destination it's the process but I think in terms of the immediate the immediacy in terms of climate change that is something that is very um very concerning and of course of course with what you mentioned uh with the recent events in the States and of course the war in Ukraine too, um, there is a great need and a need for healing. And as you know, I'm a, I'm a mystic and psychic medium yes. and I, and I provide, um, you know, healing in my way 
uh, through art therapy and shamanic healing, which is a kind of form of Reiki and of course, cartomancy reading. And I'm going to be reading your cards. <laughs> I'm going to read, I'm gonna read your, amazing. <laughs> I'm not a fortune teller, but I'll, I'll help guide you um, on the right path, which you are already on your right path. And for me, I would just say that you are already, you know, living your life purpose. And, you know, there's this, there's this lovely, um, connection and collaboration that you have with this symbiotic um, exploration with arts, music, sound, nature, earth, body, um, placement, space and time. And it's all one big thing. It doesn't have to be a separate thing. And we did speak about the other night, didn't we, about this kind of dual duality and this binary world that we live in and it's not about that it's not just about being an artist and then a psychic next it's one whole big shebang and I think the quicker that people embrace every single modality and every kind of talent and gift that they have um, then you know that's something that can be explored and shared with the rest of the world but let's just before we kind of end let's say um Let's just go and talk about, you know, kind of briefly about your art residency um, program and and then we'll go into your tips and tricks. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I moved uh, to Spain after I completed my PhD about two years ago. Um, and it took about, I would say, you know, this was during the COVID uh, shutdown, lockdown in the world. So mm -hmm. it took a bit of time uh, to find this, this place that I call home. Um, and it's a transnational, very transcultural project um, in the sense that um, I'll be going to Barcelona to, soon actually to talk about um, mm -hmm. this. I'll be giving a short paper about the meaning of this project. And I call it a curatorial project, not in the sense of leadership. Um, I think I'm reimagining what a residency could be um, mm -hmm. and I see it more um, as an artist retreat um, yeah. and a way that um, people's uh, own research can intersect basically with this place and that there is uh, some dialogue um, and with other artists that come to this space and uh, obviously at the same time create a symbiotic relationship with the land yeah. you know because mm -hmm. for me obviously we we since we've moved into uh, Casa Mia uh, Bajo Olivo residency um, has evolved in the last two years uh, I, I do facilitate uh, basically anybody who comes to visit here facilitate their research help them to uh, find uh, there are many places on on the property where you can work um, and uh, and also cohabit right with yeah. other um, animals creatures plants <laughs> so many animals uh, so many <laughs> animals we love, we love. Yeah, exactly but the 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 idea is that um, it's sort of like um, because I'm a teacher also I am trying to facilitate um, this project curatorially, curatorially to open up the residency and create these radical encounters that, you know, with whatever other creatures or more than human um, people and things and, and animals and nature can, can project. 
Um, and again, you know, talking about sound, I think that, you know, sound is, for example, is a medium that resonates in an age of crisis, where, again, listening to the earth, again, I'll repeat that, and, and the, that materials are never neutral, that we have these kind of engaging conversations on what we think is important. And, and also, you know, how whatever these people are doing or would like to, to, to do when they come to this residency, they, that what resonates with them is that it is a slow infrastructure. It's a slow, it's a space, a thinking space, as much as it is a working space. And that um, a slow inf infrastructure means that um, observing, you know, and also listening to the earth and also listening to our bodies, but also he, uh, there's a kind of understanding of care, care not only for the land, but care for ourselves. And, and I think that kind of uh, relation is really important to think about because we're always as artists we're always running around <laughs> doing <Totally>. multitasking <laughs> doing so many things mm -hmm. and we're not mindful and I I think that um that this residency offers something that um keeps will help you to be more present more mindful in your practice it may even induce some form of writing or contribute to some kind of other like yourself now you're doing yeah. a, you're doing a podcast it's yeah well you know it it yeah. kind of sparks things like that right because you're exactly. more mindful you come here you kind of relax you slow down and uh, you create these thinking spaces and then these ideas come forth and that's exactly yeah. what I'm looking for you know in, totally. in on this journey and I so. picked your veg today for my salad, which was very good and tasty. <laughs> um, thank just you. To, thank you so much. Um, just briefly, what what else are you working on? Have you got any um, shows working that you're working on at the moment, or are you teaching still? Yes. At university? Uh, well, I'm not teaching anymore right now. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the yeah. end of the year. I have been teaching the last two years remotely. Uh, at Concordia University Studio Arts Program. Um, and uh, I, I did my master's uh, and uh, my bachelor's also at Concordia. I lived mm -hmm. in Montreal for 25 years. I'm Canadian too, besides mm -hmm. um, yeah. my other nas nationalities. And so yeah. Montreal has a very uh, big part of, is a big, very big part of my f you know, formative years um, and as an emerging artist. Um, and before I left to go to Australia. Um, but I have to say, uh, it's I have a project, uh, an, an artwork actually, that's uh, be, it's a participatory project um, with a, uh, two colleagues of mine, uh, one in, uh, in Montreal, Bonnie Baxter, uh, who is an incredible uh, printmaker and visionary also. Uh, she works on a parcel of land in Val David in Quebec. Um, and she is mounting an exhibition in um, uh, the Museum de Laurentides in on the outskirts of Montreal. It's a beautiful museum, and the project is called the Patch. Um, and the other location or setting uh, is myself in Spain, and also uh, an artist from Melbourne, Victoria. Um, her name is Jen Ray. She's Canadian, but she uh, lives um, well. She's a Métis uh, Indigenous uh, woman 
living and working on the land of uh, in, in Melbourne, Indigenous land in Melbourne. And uh, so again, it's a transcultural, transnational project. Yeah. And we basically have, it's kind of like what I'm doing now. We all have transformed a plot of land into a community resource where goal, the goal is to sustain body and spirit through the growing of food. And we're awesome. integrating um, really uh, rich, very collaboration of um, narratives from those three locations. Uh, and they will be stitched together into a 360 audiovisual viewing space alongside um, there's, I think, about 11 other artists who are performing on Bonnie Baxter's land in a live performative um, uh, event uh, that is okay. taking place in Val David. My latest uh, project uh, that is up and coming uh, mm -hmm. will be this at the end of this May. Uh, where I will be uh, composing a public kitchen here in Malaga for the first time. Whoa. And I'm really excited. It's going to be at the University of Malaga, at the, uh, a place uh, by the name of the El Contenador. Mm -hmm. um, and Yeah, uh, we went to it yesterday, actually. El Contenador. Yes, exactly. Really cool space. Very cool. It's an old, basically, El Contenador means um, a container, like an old container. And they've put it in this the back of the University of uh, Universidad de Malaga and it's in the backyard on this like astroturf grass that we were laughing about yesterday yeah um exactly. and it's a really cool space we went to see your friend um do an incredible performance actually yes Maria Chachi uh, Suarez uh, or La Chachi um and uh, her contemporary version of uh, flamenco Mm -hmm. um, and she performed with uh, a singer, a flamenco uh, singer in partnership, and uh, they created a really amazing, powerful um, narrative, right, around it was so uh, cool. guess, friendship and um, yeah. women, what, what it is to be a woman as well. Exactly. That's what I was getting out of it. The sounds Absolutely. and the humor and like the pain and the violence and the suppression and the strength and the power and... It was beautiful totally to celebrate. all of that. What a projection of, of those feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, so yes, I'm really excited because uh, I will be, uh, I've, I've already worked in Spain uh, before creating a public kitchen in 2015. I was in a residency in Blanca Murcia uh, and I worked with a, a group of women who in their 70s, uh, they were a, a group that met at a multicultural center. Um, every week they were called Las Atrevidas, mm -hmm. which is the fearless yeah. ones. Yeah, um, like how dare and, they? <laughs> how dare exactly. they be so <laughs> It was just wonderful. They were so, such strong women who have such, you know, a wonderful uh, life experience, right? History of, mm. of living in this town, their grandmothers, their caretakers. Um, and uh, now they're, um, they, they went to school with it together. They mar got married uh, and they're still friends and they wow. meet once a week in this multicultural center. So I did a public kitchen there, which uh, was just a really wonderful document of uh, these, these ladies and, um, and how they um, have, kind of as a group they are stronger they are a voice they are a part of a community a voice for a community and so now this um this will be my second uh performance but now i will be working with uh 10 sound artists 
who um, are really excited to be a part of this project um, and uh, they will bring all of their tools and um, and electro domestic appliances and we will make some noise yes talk so, about that let's rise yes. up as women more 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 exactly. more sisterhood please so yeah. that's amazing um three tips and tricks what would be your three tips and tricks tips and tricks well uh tips are stay with the process and be mindful um mm -hmm. be mindful in terms of um care empathy and thinking about what you can give back to the world. Um, visual or design aesthetics are not everything. Um, yes. Think outside the box, accept the challenge and um, do something that creates meaning in this world that we live in. And yeah, let's all stick together. We are all in this together. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, peace, love, kindness, empathy, and my love of music. I can't wait. I'm going to Paris soon and I'm going to see Nick Cave and the Bad <laughs> Seeds and I'm going peace, to- Peace, love and rock and roll, man. Peace, love That's and rock and roll. That's right. <laughs> Big it's fan be of so Bjork. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Let it all out, shake out all the- the, the negative oh, the sillies. it's time to go to a good concert right <laughs> time to rock and roll <laughs> time to yeah rock you got it and as you um, can see the future is female <laughs> there you go there you go so, all right awesome. yeah and just before we end um three people who inspire you or you who you look up to you you may have mentioned already three but just to recap three people who inspire you or who you look up to well obviously yeah, the three women that inspired me, Donna Haraway, um, Karen Barad, and uh, obviously um, Rosie Bredotti. And I've got to mention somebody else, probably, probably Francois Morelli, mm -hmm. my, um, the professor that I had uh, when I went to school and became, decided I wanted to become an artist and also an educator. Um, I think he gave me the inspiration to do what I'm doing now and uh, how to share knowledge and, um, and be a creator and, um, and think uh, about arts and life and mm -hmm. that there's no separation. So, yeah. Um, awesome. And I guess that would be your word of wisdom as well, because you've got a word of wisdom too. So stay, stay connected, right? Just stay connected and unite or, as donna harry would say stay with the trouble stay with the trouble well we, we are a bunch of troublemakers as well i don't know you <laughs> that well but i've you know i've had an amazing time talking with you and here on the podcast but also here on the art residency that i'm on right now um bajo el olivo and where can we find you where can we find your work your website the art residency as well where can we find that um, I have uh, my own personal website, which is www.julianaespana.com, keller.com. And also Bajo El Olivo has its own website also. Please look me up. We are on Res Artists, which is uh, uh, Bajo Olivo is, uh, is also a member uh, of uh, uh, part of the Global Residency Network. So um, you can find us there too. 
And uh, yes, uh, Crystal, I am so happy to have you here at the residency. Please uh -oh. spread the word too, because nothing's I better shall. than word of mouth, you know, to uh, to Absolutely. get people to come here and uh, and 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 live off off of this little piece of land where I am and feel it, right? Feel mm -hmm. it, live it, um, and and do it. That's the, you know that's the best way. Instead of really words cannot describe you have to be here to live the experience I think I agree and everyone definitely check out Corleana's incredible work uh, her projects and also the art residency online thank you so much Juliana thank you so much I'm sure the listeners will have a lot to think about and do thank as well <laughs> all right thank you so I'll much you <laughs> bye bye Ciao. thank you bye And there you have it, everyone. That is our first episode with Juliana. I really hope that you have been inspired today with Juliana's incredible story, her background, her wealth of knowledge, and maybe you've taken some notes on her tips and tricks. Please do let me know as well. Send your messages to Hype A Voices on Instagram. And if you would like to send in some suggestions as well of guests that you would like to listen to, please do send me a message on Hype A Voices on Instagram as well. So get turned on, get tuned in to the next episode. It's coming next Thursday every week. So listen in on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.